Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Episode 8 of Luke and Pete's show. My name's Pete. I'm speaking first, though Luke's name comes first in our title. Hello, Luke. Second the best. <laughs> first the worst. And that's it. Have you watched any Police Academy movies since last week? I've not watched any Police Academy movies since last week. What are you doing with your time? Mind. I'm on the Robocop series. Okay, okay Were right. there more than one Robocop, Robocop 2? Yeah, and there's a remake, a recent remake. Yeah, right? didn't look very good that one. I've only ever seen the first one. The thing that used to terrify me about it was the old, uh, is it Ed 209? Yeah. And the, uh, the bit in the boardroom... I don't know if this is in the remake, but in the original, there was a bit in the boardroom where they're... Um, it, it's preposterous to talk about it now, but mm. it used to terrify me as a kid, where they bring this Ed 209 massive, like, AI robot machine gun thing into the boardroom to show uh, mm. how it works, and it goes wrong, and they can't turn it off, yeah. and it's going, you have ten seconds to comply, you have five <laughs> seconds to comply, and you're like, oh, just turn it off! And they can't <laughs> turn it off, and it just mows down this guy. Yeah. That, that was one of the most harrowing scenes of my childhood. <laughs> I shouldn't have been watching it, Pete. If you ever, if you ever tweet uh, the word Robocop, or anything relating to Robocop, you know, Ed 209 or whatever, um, this um, bot basically will tweet you saying, I'll buy that for a dollar. Oh, nice. You know that guy in, yeah. the, in the film? He's yeah. a horrible man on the telly, but he's like, he goes, I'll buy that for the dollar! I thought that was I thought that was from Running Man. <clears throat> no, I think it's Robocop. Oh, is it? It? Okay, I don't know. Um, Could be wrong. Do you remember? I'm not sure. You probably won't remember this, but back in like episode one or two, I talked about a mate I grew up living opposite a guy called James Warren. Good guy, and he was a robot cop. No, he was the one whose houses I could go to. Because last week you said, "Oh, you watched films around your mate mate's house." Mm. He was a guy who whose house I was able to go to to watch those type of movies. <sighs> so he had like a load of load of older sisters and they had a load of load of videos. Yeah, so that's why I saw all of these films around uh, a lad called Joel's house who went on to work for the God Channel. So, a very ungodly behaviour in many ways. That's, with that sort of stuff, it obviously turned him towards God. <laughs> exactly. Maybe yeah. I should have watched more of it. Yeah. I might have been a more constructive and decent citizen. I can't imagine you as a man of the cloth, Pete. Uh, Actually, no, I can, thinking about it. No, I, okay. I've got the build. Yeah. You, you're a sort of missionary type guy. You'd go over to, to sort of um, different different areas of the world and, and preach the good word, I think. Mm, and shout at them. You've still got the time in your life to go ahead and do that if you want to. <laughs> if, this, if this doesn't now, work out for, for you. Now, for example. Do it now. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, shall I press the button for the, the It's Been? It's Been! It's Been one week. Well, it's not. It's been two, because last week we did the email special. <sighs> It's been two weeks since you did Better. the show. Proper show. We still did a show, though. We still yeah. gave them the juicy goodness. A longer I'm, show, if anything. Yeah, well, I don't remember you hitting the button last week. That's all I'm saying. No, I didn't. Just putting it out there. It's been. So what's been what's been cracking your whip this week? Well, cracking my whip. I, I went on holiday. <clears throat> oh for yeah. For a while, I went yeah. on a bit of an American road trip. Yeah. Uh, I heard many terrible country songs. What um, part of the US were you in? I started in... I flew in and out of New, New York, but then I took in Chicago. Any moose? Oh, any moose? Any, no moose in Chicago. Ah. We drove down through Alabama, Birmingham, down to Pensacola, through Nashville, uh, on the coast of Pensacola, through Birmingham... Uh, and then went west through New Orleans uh, and on to Houston. That's a lot of miles. And then it was 3,000... Do, do, um, would 3,000 miles sound About insane? right. Did you, go, did you go to Huntsville, Alabama? Uh, no. My brother-in-law is in Huntsville. Uh, Huntsville. Is that outside of... Alabama. 
outside of some town. I don't know. It's a big town. <laughs> it's a big either, town either that's right. Yeah. Just say no, Pete. <laughs> well, here's some of the things I saw. Uh, in Chicago, I... Um, well, first of all, my favourite country song I heard was called um, I'm Getting Drunk on a Plane. And it's basically about a man... Close to home. <laughs> it's about a man who's getting pissed on a plane. And... I won't try. I won't be able to play any on a podcast because that would be terribly illegal. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, what I would say is that it, it's worth checking out. I'm getting drunk on a plane, and it's basically uh, a man who was due to go on a holiday with his missus, um, and instead he goes on holiday by himself, and he thinks everyone's having a lovely time around him. And it's just basically the story of a pissed man on a plane getting on, uh, really, like, getting on everyone's nerves. I can um, see why you like this. <laughs> but he's going, uh, I'm having a party in, in the first class, and everyone's waving their arms, and the air hostesses are flirting with me, and I'm going, none of this is happening, mate. Is it, You're not, getting drunk on a plane. There's nothing ironic about country music, either, is there? No, no, yeah. it's straight down the line, yeah. it's the same chord mm. progression, the same sentiment. So he means it seriously, he's sincere. He's getting drunk <clears> on a plane. <throat> uh, I, uh, I bought a load of cigars. Okay. Don't smoke. That's part of the course no, for you. I've, I don't think I've ever smoked a cigar. When you go overseas or when you go anywhere, in my experience, and I've had the, the misfortune to travel to several places with you, <laughs> um, you do buy a lot of needless stuff. $80 worth of cigars, Luke. Have you still got them? I've got oh, probably about $30 left of them. Taking them over state land. <laughs> I was handing them out like nobody's business. You're a fugitive of justice. I gave it to the bloke who owned my Airbnb. Apologising for the fan I broke. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, he was off to a wedding, oh, so there you go. Sorry I broke your fan, this will make your air quality even worse. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible gift. It's like you're taking the piss. Well, bearing in mind, I went into the cigar shop, what do they call it, a humidor? Do they call just the bit inside the shop the humidor or the whole thing the humidor? It's not I think, my area. Well, it's a very moist area because yeah. it's a humidor. And uh, yeah. <laughs> basically, um, I went in and I was thinking, I know nothing about cigars. Uh, Buy him a new I did, fan. I did ask. <laughs> not a cigar. But I did ask the man uh, what was the cigar that the baby out of Roger Rabbit had. <laughs> oh my god! And he upsold me to eighty dollars. So who's the, <laughs> who's the idiot? Who's the idiot? The idiot in this situation, yeah. Pete, as ever, is you. Mm. Uh, it was a road trip, so we were in a nice uh, car, uh, uh, drop top. Turns out, if you sit in the back of a car on the motorway on the interstate, uh, it's fucking horrible. Yeah, and you it's also get, dreadful. You also get um, very well known. You get really sunburned. Because you're not feeling hot because of the wind. Right, okay. But you Did you get sunburned? Yeah. Uh, no, I, 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 I covered myself, lathered myself sun cream. In, in some joyless good, sun cream. Good for you. That so, is very important, kids yeah. out there. Do do that. Well, you, you're more Terrible. partial to a bit of sunburn than me, I'd say. I, when I was um, I was out and about quite a lot a couple of weeks ago, um, and it, I mean, even in London at like 20 degrees, I have to wear it. Do you know what? Actually, I haven't said that. Speaking of sunburn... When I used to play football more regularly, even on one of those really crisp... More regularly than not at all. Well, yeah. When I, okay. <laughs> when I used to play football, uh, I um, even on those really crisp, cold January winter mornings, when it's right. really sunny... Oh, you can really feel it. I used to get sunburned yeah. really bad doing, yeah. doing that. That's um, weird, that, isn't it? Because you don't, you don't automatically think it's January, you're never thinking about sun cream. Mm. You can't even buy it in the shop. <laughs> so it's always a danger. Always a danger. Um, um, I saw in Texas... Oh, I shot a gun. Not proud of that, but we no. went to a gun gun uh, gun shop, and within ten minutes of me handing over my preliminary driving license, my learner driving license, that's, basically that's I used expired, isn't it? I used that for ID. Is that basically. expired? No, I, I re- redo it so I can use it as oh, ID. Dear, okay. um, and uh, yeah, I handed that in. I had a bloody Glock in my hand. Incredible. A bloody Glock. And a man and a man uh, was explaining to me how to shoot a gun, and basically he had some interesting political views, but I thought, you know what? I'm not going to try and convert a man who works in a gun shop just, of his political affiliation. Just enjoy it. <laughs> Drink it in. When in Rome. Nice nice to experience. <laughs> and how, how many... How many uh, okay, I think they call them rounds. How many rounds did you fire? Uh, we bought 50, and I shot all of them. Okay. So I bought like a, th- like a third. It was me and some friends. And you were with your mate Al and Damo. Yeah. <laughs> I bet Damo was the vanguard of this, wasn't he? Damo was a, a better shooter. But he's trained for the Air Force and stuff. I'm not okay. having that. Yeah, okay. uh, but I also saw a roadside sign of Ronald McDonald's face, like a massive roadside sign in Texas. Oh, secret that had, menu? That had clearly been shotgunned. Clearly. Oh, really? It just had pellets you all in his face. You do see um, 
road signs like that in the US yeah. were shot. Did you see any frightening? Se- any secret menu action? Did you see any secret menu? And the, the state of Ronald McDonald there. I, actually, I went uh, when everyone else, uh, else was having a burger in a burger chain that uh, is over here. Um, five Guys. Um, I popped next door and I went, I'll just get some sushi. I feel, you know, I feel a bit ugh, heavy. I just want to. Where get, were you? Um, I think that might have been Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. Any, any fur- Could you possibly go any further away from the sea? Fine <laughs> sushi. Uh, yeah, I bought some sushi and um, they fried it. Oh, did they? Fried sushi. Any good? It was delicious, but yeah. it was fried sushi. That's not right, is it? When you go over to Japan, you're going to start having a word in people's ear. Going, what do you want to be doing with it? What you want to be doing is yeah. sticking it in some. Uh, it sounds like a lovely oil. trip, Peter. It was a lovely trip. I went to the uh, Rosa Parks Museum in Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah. Completely empty. Was it? <laughs> Had the run of the place. Clearly uh, a, a shameful part of their uh, history. Uh, but the National Aviation Museum in Pensacola, very busy indeed because guns, planes, stuff like that. Stop stereotyping my American brothers and sisters. <laughs> just weird. It was quite interesting. But the thing is, OP, I'm not going to defend anything just for the sake of it, right. but what do you think people think when you turn up? What do you mean? Well, they think you're weird. What, you, what are you saying? I know you... Yeah, but I was, one of the, I was one of three people in the Rosa Parks Museum that not, afternoon. That's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is, when people see you for the first time, it's not an insult, it's just a, just a sort of fact of life, really. When people see you for the first time, they probably think this guy's a bit eccentric. <laughs> well, I'm British, aren't I? They can't yeah. understand what I'm saying. No. I've got to put on this kind of cod, mid-Atlantic kind of Do you do accent. that? Oh, God, yeah. Do you, yeah? You can't get anything done. <laughs> I, do, I do it down here. Do you? A Polish woman asked me, like, laughed at me in a cinema once in London because I couldn't say the word cork. You said soda last week. Can I have a cork? Yeah, well, I, can, I can remember. She was like, "Ha, it's coke." And I was like, "Well, all right." Speaking speaking of which, though, Pete, I can remember once doing doing uh, a bit of work with you, and I had a, gla- a glass of water, mm. and it had a lemon pip in it because someone had freshened it up with lemon. Right, and then you kept saying to me, um, "Why is there an oat in your drink?" Why is there an oat in your drink? But I, I, you were saying. Oat. Yeah, I had no idea what that word was. Oat. It took me ages to understand. You had to describe oat. it. And I was like, no, no, it's a lemon pip. So I do understand that uh, mm. people not being able to understand you. I think that might be sort of a common refrain <laughs> from, from, again, our northeastern cousins. <laughs> uh, the interesting thing about the Rosenbach Museum, I hate to lower a point, but... Um, it was. It kind of turned halfway through into a Martin Luther King exhibition, basically, yeah. because obviously he was a big part of that. Um, and it was interesting uh, to see in the newspaper him just being described as uh, a, a civil rights leader, effectively. Well, it yeah. wasn't even civil rights. It was well, black leader, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, they use the, the the Negro word, but um, back in the day, like seeing him being described as just another leader, effectively, yeah. and not Martin Luther King in the newspaper yeah. reports was really, really fascinating. And also how during the bus boycott, loads of people try to discredit him by saying that he'd, he'd bought a Cadillac with the funds that had been raised by the community. And you kind of get that a lot when, when everything big like, like that happens, they try and discredit the people who are leading the actual uh, Hashtag charge. fake news. Hashtag fake Still news. Still goes on now, Still mate. Still goes on now. All over the place. Yeah. We, we talked about Alex Jones uh, last week. He's, the, he's at, the, at, the, at the vanguard of fake Infowars. news. Exactly. I'm so angry. Exactly. I've slipped into uh, the guy who is in the recent series of... Oh, I can't remember. Um, no I've seen a video of Alex Jones <laughs> on his Infowars YouTube channel where he gets so angry, I think, at chemtrails, which, are the, which is the conspiracy that, that, that planes are flying over, releasing chemicals to yeah. control our minds. He gets so angry at that that he actually rips his shirt off <laughs> and starts beating his chest. Brilliant. You, you wonder how a man, because I think he might be, oh, he must be approaching 50 now. Yeah. Blood pressure? I'm terrified of blood pressure now, and I'm only 36. He lo- he looks physically like he might be approaching problems, I think. He just works himself into a right old lather, doesn't he? Every time I go past <laughs> a chemist, or one of those things has got a free blood pressure testing, I have to do it. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I'm getting towards my late 30s now. You go in looking for chemist but, trails. But then I look at someone like Alex Jones, and I think, I must be fine. <laughs> I must be fine. He's going to blow a gasket every 10 minutes. <laughs> Well, just don't get as angry as him. You no. rarely do. I, I'm not really an angry person. I no, think. I, no. Think people, I, I find that sort of smaller people get angry. All right. I don't mean you. You do get quite. Yeah, you do. I get passionate. I don't understand why people aren't as passionate as me. Yeah, I think we've done 20 minutes on that though, Pete. So <laughs> we move on. Um, shall we uh, get on to what you've been up to? Yeah. All right. I mean, if there's time. <sighs> yeah. Probably best not. I don't care. Uh, you can cut us out if you want. No, um, <laughs> I was. Well, when you were in the US, the United States of America. Uh, as some mm. people call it, okay. Estados Unidos, as they call it in in Spain, uh, or Los Estados Unidos. It doesn't doesn't matter. I'm getting bogged, <laughs> I'm getting bogged down in. Um, <laughs> I was up in Scotland. All right. Okay. So I went uh, among other places. I popped over to the Isle of Skye. Uh, have you been there? No. One, I'm not really sure what part of Scotland is off. 
West Coast of Scotland. West Coast. Big Island Where there are palm trees sometimes. I did not see any palm no. trees when I was there. But anyway, I drove there, Pete. Right. So that from was... what? From London? Yeah. Boring. Oh, it, was, it was a long drive. Mm. It was a much longer drive than I anticipated. Um, I drove to the Lake District, stayed overnight in the Lake District. Thought, yeah, I'll break, break the journey up. Break the journey up. Fine. Yeah. Um, Slept in your car. Load up the go- no, loaded up the Google Maps the next morning. Mm. Seven and a half hours to oh. go. Yeah. So it was, oh. it was a, that was a bit of a backfire. But anyway. And, and, and you like to think when you because we did the similar sort of thing, like, you know, you look at the Google Maps and it says three hours and you go, we'll do it in two. Yeah. Three and a half hours every time. Well, <laughs> every you, time. But that's the thing, Pete. In Scotland, north of Glasgow, there's no motorway. So it's the ra- it's oh. not even the distance; it's the roads. Right. So it's single track roads. Sometimes it's passing lanes only and stuff like that. Ugh. So it's, it can take a little for a long time, what and it sh- did. What a stinker! Anyway, the Isle of is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in in, in the whole world. And I, I used to live in New Zealand, and that's beautiful. But mm. I'd say Isle of Skye is every bit as beautiful as that. Anyway, when I was there, I was reading up uh, on. Uh, well, basically, I saw a sign saying uh, day trips to St Kilda. Have you heard of St Kilda? Yes. Okay. Can you pretend you haven't for the purposes of a radio show? St what? What? St Kilda. St Kilda. Anyway, what do you know about it? Tell me what you know about it. Rhymes with Hilda. It does rhyme with Hilda, yeah. Uh, people talked about it a lot at school. I know at Catholic school. Has that got something to do with it? It would have been, yeah. I think they had right. a Catholic community there. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what St Kilda is, for those who don't know, um, it's the westernmost point of the Outer Hebrides, 40 miles west of uh, the north of uh, the, the other... I think there's an island there called North East, I think it's pronounced, right. in the North Atlantic. Um, the largest island is Herta, uh, whose cliffs are actually the highest in the UK, interestingly enough. There have been people living on Herta for at least 2,000 years, but the population never exceeded 180 people, um, and it was under 100 from the 1850s onwards. There are ruins of buildings on Herta in, in, in St Kilda which dates 1850 BC. Bloody so it's hell. been occupied uh, for you know the best part of 4,000 years or whatever. Um, Unfortunately, um, in 1930, um, a ship called the Harebell took the remaining 36 inhabitants um, back to the mainland, a decision they took collectively themselves because the crops were failing and it was, you know, the game was up, really. It was such a difficult place to live um, that they, they actually had sad they had to move back to the mainland. It's now only uh, used as a nature reserve and mm. occupied by some researchers and scientists and, and maybe a few military people, stuff like that. Um, the last of the native St Kildans uh, died in April 2016 at the age of 93, um, she was evacuated at the age of eight, but the the the, the so island, she was born there. Yeah, right. The Amazing. islands themselves were absolutely fascinating. They're basically almost completely um, inhospitable. Mm. Um, although a community of people did live there, they were completely isolated. Like I say, there's been people living there for at least two thousand years, but they're separated by such like distance and weather. Mm. That you can only actually travel there realistically in certain times of the year because yeah. it's so treacherous, right? Um, they lived completely in isolation from the mainland of the UK. So, as an example, um, after the Battle of Culloden in 1746, there was a rumour going around that um, Prince Charles Edward Stuart, um, I think it's probably Prince Charlie, right, mm. was, and some of his, um, his aides had escaped to St Kilda. Right. So they sent an expedition out there. The English sent an expedition out there and <laughs> made it there. They found a deserted village as the St Kildans had escaped up into the caves because they thought it was pirates. Yeah. Um, when they got them, um, when they got them, finally persuaded them to come down, um, the the natives come down from there. The natives knew nothing of the prince's existence <laughs> and had never even heard of King George II. <laughs> they were like, we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, even in the, even in the late 19th century, apparently the islanders could only communicate with the rest of the world by lighting a bonfire on the summit of the largest cliff, which would, weather permitting, be visible for those on the uh, on near, near nearby islands, um, knowing there was a and they would know there was a problem. Right. And they also used to do this thing called the, the St Kilda mail boat, where they used to fashion a piece of into the shape of a boat, attach it to a bladder made of sheepskin, uh, and place it uh, inside a big bottle with oh. a message in it, and just hoped it arrived in the mainland. And apparently, two thirds of the messages would either be found on the west coast of Scotland or Norway. And then the Norway people, <laughs> the Norwegians, would have to speak to Scotland. And go, By the way, yeah, we've got another message from St Kilda. You might want to go and investigate. My it. God, I mean. I why are they make it so hard for themselves? They were like a really hardy really? people. They started to they started to evolve like really big feet because they were around the cliffs all the time. <laughs> they basically used to only eat essentially used to eat seabirds and seabirds' eggs. And they were used to apparently each person would eat um, thirty six eggs and eighteen birds because uh, they were very small. Right, um, a day. Um, which is which is crazy. Um, they had a daily parliament where every single adult would sit in a parliament in the main sort of little mini square, mm. and everyone would get a chance to speak. There was no um, leader, no I guess no sort of ersatz king. It was all, everyone was able to speak. And um, according to um, a researcher, discussion frequently spread discord, but never in recorded history were feuds so bitter as to bring about a permanent division in the community. 
Um, oh, never uh, go to bed angry. Check this, check this out. This is fascinating to me as well. So in 1877, they unearthed, some researchers uh, were there and they unearthed um, a load of various stone tools from a building that was estimated 2,500 years old, mm. right? Most of the St. Kildans could recognise the tools, name them, and still use them. <laughs> there'd, been no, there'd been no progression since then. Fantastic and, stuff. Um, and yeah, and uh, got, uh, just just to wrap up, accordingly, according to uh, another study done in 1967, the citizens were happier than the general public of, that he had witnessed, uh, and were the only people in the world who felt the sweetness of true liberty. Um, there was not theirs was not a utopian society. The islanders had ingenious wooden locks for their doors, and financial penalties were exacted for misdemeanors. Nonetheless, no resident St Kilden is known to have ever fought in a war, and in four centuries of history, no serious crime had ever been committed by an islander. Too, their feet are too big. You'd know who committed the crime. Check, check the footprints. That's what yeah, I was, exactly. what I was saying. Oh, size twelve feet. What a fascinating community. I, I really, really love to visit there. There was a similar one off the coast of Hawaii that uh, used to be quite prevalent, but it was owned by a family, uh, and they would say who joined the community and who left the community, uh, and the amount of people who got like kind of excommunicated effectively and had to go and live on the mainland of Hawaii. Or, I don't know how really know how Hawaii works, but it, it, basically they had to leave the island. Huh. Um, and and um, no one's ever been allowed to uh, kind of successfully join back into the community again after they've been. And how many are there now? Do you know? I think basically the the woman who owns the thing, uh, who who was the last kind of remaining um, survivor of that particular family and that lineage. Uh, they basically, uh, she reckons there's like, you know, 300, 400 people there. But in reality, there's probably about 50. But it's just a secret kind right. of island owned by one family, uh, historically. And uh, when that uh, when that kind of family died out, uh, basically the, it passed on to, a, I think, another family, another family. And uh, now it's just this kind of like really isolated community, just like this, um, yeah. but slightly more angry people, <laughs> sounds of things. Sadly, this one's been uh, extinct mm. for almost 100 years now. Would you like oh, to well. visit there or, or visit St. Kilda? It sounds lovely. St Kilda. Kilda. I'd like to go to St Kilda. Yeah. That'd be lovely. It sounds pretty full on, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd brave it, I think. <laughs> I've only got little feet. I'd have, <laughs> I'd have trouble. Um, shall we uh, just touch on something I've been uh, looking at this week? Yeah. Something I've been obsessed about for quite a while. I thought, hey, this is a perfect kind of vessel for my interest, I suppose. Um, I've given you some YouTube links. Yeah, there. I've got the first uh, one loaded up in front I, of me. Like, I can't see the screen. I don't even need to see the screen because I know what kind of things uh, are going on. Uh, if you want to just kick things off by um, clicking play and just getting through the ads and stuff like that, basically, what are we looking at? Do you want me to describe it? Basically, it's a YouTube channel called Superheroes IRL, which stands yes. for In Real Life, I presume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Superheroes In Real Life. Okay, I've gone through the advert. This this video is 10 minutes long. I'm not doing the whole thing. No, just skip, just, just skip through. Just skip through. So the sort okay. of things that you're looking at, basically. I'm play now. Okay. Do I need volume or are you taking care of that? I'll take care of that. Okay. All right. Here we go. There's a, a camera looking at a big, big present. Hello, oh. everyone. Welcome back. And the woman's Today, jumped out of it. Today, it's with pleasure that I will introduce you to our new family member. Take a look. Is she supposed to be Elsa from Frozen? So... She's got what? a dog, man. <laughs> what we're looking at here is basically a set of videos, incredibly popular videos, right? Yeah, 1.2 mil views. 1.2 mil views. Okay. Produced, I think, in Eastern Europe yeah. by a lot of people who have... Uh, feel free to uh, close that one and open a different one. Uh, but uh, basically, uh, a community of people who seem to own um, costumes of famous superheroes, famous characters. What's big with kids, Luke? Basically, uh, Spider-Man yeah. is the answer. Frozen. The Incredible Hulk is the answer. Frozen, Elsa from Frozen's very big as well. And what these people do is basically do little sketches um, where their you know kids' favourite characters do stuff. Basically, I've, I've got, I'm looking at one now. I'm looking at Elsa from Frozen, mm. Spider-Man, yeah. the Joker from Batman, <laughs> and a woman I don't recognise on the end. Right, okay. Um, and they're colouring yeah. in in colouring books. Yeah, and, and they're going to be at school, I think. This is one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. How many views has it got? One. Uh, this one's only got 156,000. All right, well, when was only. it released? Um, it came out yesterday. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, all of these videos of weird sketches, mainly involving characters um, wetting themselves, urinating on each other, um, just sitting, uh, down, sitting down on chairs and, and, and sitting on drawing pens and stuff. Who's watching it? I'll tell you who's watching them. Kids. Kids are watching them, Luke. Because basically, family members, you just find something on the internet that says Elsa or Frozen, and you just stick your kids in front of it and go, well, this looks innocent enough. It's just a lot of people in costumes. This, to me, is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> What's happening now? 
was, is it blackboard? It's like a school thing. Yeah. Elsa, a woman dressed as Elsa from Frozen, is showing the other characters, as I said, Spider Man, Joker, and a woman I don't know, how to uh, change a nappy on a small, cuddly toy of Spider Man. Right, okay. I Good. don't know how my life's turned out like this. <laughs> So basically, these guys rack up, like, millions and millions and millions of views, and it's basically just a load of chances. They've got uh, these kind of frozen um, costumes, these Spider-Man costumes, these incredible Hulk costumes, these uh, Joker costumes, stuff like that. Uh, but they rack up a ridiculous amount of, of, of viewage. Well, I've just clicked on another video, and now I'm watching about how to make a long egg. Because <laughs> I prefer that. I prefer that. Right, that bit. <laughs> but it's just strange that, uh, basically, they're allowed to get away with it. <laughs> one, of a, one of them, I've just clicked on another Elsa video, mm. and this is Frozen Elsa pregnant with twins yes and spider- so, sp- looks like spider-man's her husband <laughs> where did that happen that's what Spider- i don't know the, the, the problem i've got with this right is that elsa from frozen yeah is sharing a, a marital marital bed yeah with spider-man mm-hmm. now i've seen more than one spider-man movie yeah right? spider-man does not repeat not sleep in his costume <laughs> i don't think we not want to see what is underneath that spider-man costume it's the it's the question for all the ages it's the weird Hang on a minute. man Sp- spider-man's pregnant as well what? Spider-Man. Is pregnant as well. I don't know why you introduced me to these things. So basically, for, you know, like, we have produced video content before, for various <laughs> for various people, for right? Various for various yeah. failed ventures. For various failed ventures. And, you know, making video views is quite hard. Turns out all you need is a load of Elsa and Spider-Man costumes. But this is a big thing. Um, adults dressed as characters from Spider-Man and Frozen. Yeah, Do it's, it's violent... Just- it's disturbing. Skits. It's disturbing to me. I don't, I, mm. What I don't like about it is whenever you prepare all this sort of stuff, at no point do you think, oh, why don't I get something Luke might like? <laughs> you just get stuff on you know I'm not going to like, or it's going to unsettle but me. But they keep adding new things in to, you know, mop up that lovely, long, eggy um, ad uh, revenue. Yeah. They keep adding things in that kids like. Fidget spinners. Fidget spinners, Spider-Man, Elsa, stuff like that. There are loads of compilations of these videos uh, that have fidget spinners in them, that have uh, these copyrighted characters in them. Oh, here's and, a fidget spinner one now. Yeah, and up until very recently, um, they were able to monetize this and make a lot of money off it. But I think recently, YouTube's changed its... Uh, its policy. It's E-U-L-A, and now you're not allowed to do it anymore. So I, don't, so, so I feel for these people, but they made a lot of money very quickly. Has you, YouTube still got... I'll close that down. <laughs> we don't even watch anymore. It's, it's rubbish. But it's just weird that if you Google Frozen, Elsa, Fidget Spinner, you're going to see these videos, and we'll probably put some links onto uh, the Twitter page just for, you know, yeah. delectation, but it's just a weird traffic winner for kids. Um, I had a question for you. Does YouTube still have really racist comments all the time? Uh, you, have you been well? on the internet? Yeah, how about I don't look at the comments. Yeah. Do, now, do, yeah, I think you can pretty much get away with... To be fair, though, proper racists are a bit more careful with their language. Right, okay. They, they're, they're the ones that, you know... That's what I know YouTube for. Yeah. Which I guess is a bit unfortunate. Why are they saying racist comments to you? You're the, <laughs> no, you're I have the a whitest YouTube. Nordic man ever. <laughs> I have a YouTube channel. <laughs> but thanks for that, Pete, and I, I really insincerely mean that. I just worry about our nation. I worry about our children. We all do. Mm. Well, let's get on to the next bit. Should emails? we do some emails? Now? How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, you all right? That's, yeah. that's stopped suddenly, isn't it? That uh, was me sneezing. I was trying to um, I was trying to work out what he says in that jingle, and it's if he feels sad without mum and dad, we'll yeah. both look after Luke. Oh. Good, I'm pleased I know that now. Something for the future, because we're all going to lose our parents at some point. Oh, come on. What? Very sweet. It was <laughs> very, very sweet. sweet until you said that. Get, get um, yourself a fidget spinner. Speaking of something that's very sweet, do you want right. an email about the Glasgow Ice Cream Wars? <laughs> yes, I would. Thank you very much. Okay, this is from Luke Marshall. Okay. Uh, he says, hi, um, first off, good job on the new show. I'm enjoying it so far. So far. Thanks, Luke. If you want to leave a review, leave one. We've done a few episodes. Don't email us in. Um, He said, uh, I figure you were short on content. That's the second person who said that. How are we giving that impression? I don't know. Well, I know. If you heard the last half an hour. (laughs) He says, uh, your chat around Duncan Bantan a couple of weeks ago reminded me of something I stumbled across a while back while deep in the Wikipedia rabbit hole, which is essentially what this show is all about, really. Yeah. Um, He says, the Glasgow Ice Cream Wars. During the 1980s, there was a fully-fledged turf war between ice cream vans in Glasgow. It got to the point where vans were regularly set on fire and in some cases even shot at. The local police struggled to keep control and ended up with the glorious nickname of the Serious Chimes Squad. Chime. Oh, Chimes, yeah. as in, yeah, right, right. good. Um, Perfect. Yeah, I, I, I've looked into this. The, the, the point that's possibly being missed by Luke, or he just doesn't mention it, is that... Um, what it wasn't actually about, about ice cream. Basically, criminal gangs were using ice cream vans as fronts for oh. to sell stolen goods, hard drugs, all that sort of stuff. Right? Oh, I thought it was about ice cream because I remember no, this story. No, right. it wasn't. Um, so I, I'm sure Luke does know that, but he hasn't mentioned it in the email. Mm. He says this brings me back to uh, to a certain Duncan Bar time as it's well documented that he used to drive an ice cream van back in the day. He did, he used to drive one, and he had a couple of ice cream vans in the in the mid-80s when this was as well, actually. He said, it'd get, I, I remember reading about it, and he said it did get a bit hairy. He said, but I've watched enough Dragon's Den to know he isn't the brightest spark. He once turned down a self-balancing dog bowl, claiming he couldn't see the market, despite there being well over 100 million pet dogs in the world. <laughs> <laughs> the product went on to make the inventor a millionaire. I mean, if it just made him a millionaire, that's upsetting. I mean, just a millionaire. Well, so, so far. I mean, what, <laughs> I will say, Luke, and I don't know anything about the provenance of your of your income uh, mm. or how successful you are. I'm sure you're very successful. So successful, in fact, you're emailing into this show. Mm. Duncan Ballantyne is worth 220 million quid, so he's doing all right. What was this guy's name, Luke? Yeah. I mean, I've never been to a Luke gym. If Luke feels sad without mum and dad, we'll, <laughs> we'll both, both look, look after Luke. Luke. I went to a Ballantyne's gym once and I was unimpressed. unimpressed. The one near Russell Square. Not, well, not so good. I'm sort of biased. I'm out. I'm out. I'll tell you I'm why. out. I'll tell you why I'm out. Because this bicycle, this um, bicycle machine, what do you call uh, exercise it? Bike. Exercise bike. <laughs> stinks. Um, Bloody stinks. I think I might be able to do a fairly handy impression of Duncan Brown. So okay. I'm hear it. Yeah, all right. I'm out. I'll tell you what. Is that it? I'm I'm fucking finished it. You interrupt it. I don't interrupt your fucking. um, I'll tell you what. Because Elsa is pregnant. I didn't (laughs) didn't interrupt your um, mighty mighty boss tones, whatever it was. Smash mouth. Smash mouth. What with smash mouth? It's been. That's not smash mouth. Why do you keep getting that wrong? Who is it? It's been. Who is it? You know who it is. I can't remember. I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, wait. It's coming back to me. It's been. Chickeny China, the Chinese chicken guys. Yeah. Embarrassing uh, for you, isn't it? President of the United States. No, it's not there, is it? No. Anyway, can I please do my Duncan Brown? Play like your ladies. 
That's it, bare naked ladies. Can I please do my Duncan Valentine impression without interruption? Okay. Judge it on its merits. I'm out. And I'll tell you why I'm out. Did you mute my mic? No. Is this the Dragon's Den music? No. Get the Dragon's Den music. John is is looking for a £10,000 investment for a 25% stake in his business. First of all, he's got to impress Duncan. I'm out. And I'll tell you why I'm out. That's, 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 that's the noise for USB out. That's Dragon. So that works. Okay, ready? And that's Dragon's Den. I'm out. I'll tell you why I'm out. <laughs> Actually. Barcelona. That's George Ezra. Let, let, <laughs> let's, let's do a bit of Dun- I'll do Duncan Bantine. Right. Dragon's Den. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, what we'll do is Duncan Bantine will be sort of flip-flopping between being in and out. He can't really make his mind up. Okay, right, yeah, and okay. I'll do, yeah. I'll do Evan, the guy who does the voiceover. Right. And I'll do Duncan Bantine. This is okay. very uh, adventurous. Due to the USB sound effects of the appropriate moment. Okay. okay. Um, so the new entrepreneur walks into the studio. Into the studio. John is looking for a 25% stake in... No, John is looking for £10,000 for a 25% stake in his business. Dun- Duncan Bantine has got some questions. Right. Hey, why should I be investing in this? Barcelona. I'm out. And I'll tell you why I'm out. Actually, no. I quite like it. No, you must be in. You can't flip-flop like that. Okay, I accept your offer, Duncan. For £10,000 for 25% of my business. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs> Next week on Dragon's Den. <laughs> You're really making my playout system work this evening. <laughs> oh, anyway, back to Luke's email. Yes. He says... Um, oh, yes. It's not even finished. No, because it's the, the, the bit about the dog, the pet dog and stuff like that. <laughs> right. Um, he says, so was Duncan Bantine the Mr. Big of the Mr. Whippy world, or was he just a flake? That's just an excuse to put nice. a sentence involving pen, uh, puns. Um, anyway, there's plenty more online if it's interesting enough to include in your show. Well, we have <laughs> included it in our show. Um, the only thing I could find of interest, really, of Duncan Bantine is something that I've said to you before about him getting kicked out of the Navy, which I mentioned to you, for chucking an officer off a landing jetty. He was mm. dishonorably discharged. But I also found that Duncan Bantine suffers from an illness, or a, um, uh, yeah, I guess an illness, uh, called pros- pros- prosopagnosia. What is that? Well, I want you to tell me. Prosopagnosia. Guess. Pag- no, pag- Guess, and answer pag- me with some sound effects. The Pagnolian dragon. Pag- <laughs> prosopagnosia. Prosso. It's got to be bum. Bum related. No, it's not, bum, it's not bum related. It's not bum related. It's got to be bum related. Pros- no, it's, it's not. Pros, uh, I don't know, Latin or Greek, or none of them. It's a inability to be able to consistently recognise faces. Oh, so, that's useless in, in, in business. In, exactly. I mean, that's a nightmare. That's what, uh, you know, yeah. glad no, handling is all about. I'm out. No, I'm out. No, you're already in business with this man. <laughs> Uh, I don't recognise him. <laughs> That's Levi Roots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For crying out loud. So prosopagnosia. How about that? I'd never even heard of that condition until I no. looked this up on, on Duncan Bantine. Can you also guess how old Duncan Bantine is? I think he is fifty-six. He looks bloody well, doesn't he? He does look very well. He did he marry someone considerably younger than him quite recently? He's sixty-eight. What? I know. Holy moly, he's been going to his gyms. He's twice my age, almost. He's twice (laughs) your age, Pete. No, you're 35, aren't you? No, 36. Okay, so he's almost twice twice our age. Somebody tweeted me that today. Went, Pete, I always forget. How old are you? Is that guy doing anything? (laughs) Ma'am. I reckon he was trying to identity fraud me. Yeah, that's the end of the email section. One email. (laughs) The problem is you do an email section one week and you've got nothing the next week. I know. Well, we've got a few emails, but we'll we'll keep our powder dry for next week. I'm trying to think of famous ice cream. The only other famous ice cream man I know is that one in Darlington that was friends with Jimmy Savile. We'll both look after Luke. We'll both look after Luke. If he feels sad with that mum and dad, we'll both look after Luke. It's worth reminding everyone if you want to get involved and uh, email the show, just go to hello at lukeandpete.com or rather email hello at lukeandpete.com. And if you want to look after me, if I get sad with that mum and dad, do email hello at lukeandpete.com. <laughs> Let there be justice for all. Nelson Mandela. Right. Let there be peace. 
Bloody Swift, Black Man, Barzo. Batman. Neil Armstrong. Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman. Say simply, very simply, with hope, good morning. Mayor Angelou, Angelou uh, um, not some bloke. Right, I mean... Uh, and you also haven't cut the bit out at the end of the jingle where you speak over I it. will never do that, no, Luke. I enough. promised I was going to do that. I will never do that. Hello, because, sponsors. You know it's part of the charm. <laughs> <laughs> rickety. We're like a rickety staircase that mm. everyone wants to climb. I've got nothing for Menkart this week, so I'm relying on you <laughs> big okay. time. All right, good. Big time. Putting the work in. I'd right. like to put prosopagnosia into uh, <laughs> Mencarta. Mancarta. He can't remember people's bums. The Mencyclopedia. <laughs> Frank C. Bostock. Do you know, that reminds me of an excellent blues song um, called Charlie Bostock's Blues by... Uh, I thought it was a blue song, like uh, by the band Blue. The great C.W. Stone King. Right. Charlie Bostock like drinking and staying out all night long. I got drunk on a plane. Can't do any more than that because we're because of rights. Yeah, because it's so accurate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. The singing's so accurate. People will think that's literally C.W. Stone King, The isn't algorithm it? will pick that up, no problem. It will. Frank C. Bostock. That's dead out all night long. <laughs> He's uh, credited with the discovery that uh, lions are intimidated by chairs. I have a few questions. <laughs> I'll tell you something Never else. invite a lion to Ikea being one of them. C.W. Stoking also does a song called Talking Lion Blues about right. a lion who... Stop who, mentioning who, all right, him. Fine. There's no Stone Kings in this story. Tell me more. But there is a sewer lion. Tell me more. Basically, uh, he, Frank C. Bostock was a, a famous lion tamer. It makes sense because you never see a chair on the savannah. <laughs> I know, you'd be like, I wonder what, you know, what makes them scared of them. Even when you go on safari, they make you sit on the roof of the Land Rover. I yeah. never knew why that was. Because <laughs> he's on a chair. Yeah. I just, yeah, so basically he, he became known as a, a famous lion tamer and he and he started the whole thing of, you know, basically scaring lions with chairs. Um, and so you can imagine he's quite a bald man. Yeah. A man who liked to roll with the punches. Uh, you say bald, I'll say idiotic. <laughs> Indeed. Um, he came to prominence, though, true prominence, apart from being an incredibly famous lion tamer, because they were like ten a penny back in the, uh, back in the yeah, day. Yeah, very big in the entertainment world, Back in the 19th century. Yeah. Um, and uh, executing elephants. He was, the man who, he was the man who lost a lion in a sewer. Right. Imagine losing a lion in a sewer, Is this Luke, the, U- is this the US? No, this is in the UK. This is in the UK. Basically, this guy owned uh, a menagerie of dangerous animals. He first sort of witnessed shows of dangerous animals in the US. Right. And he basically came back to the UK and went, I fancy a bit of that. I can tame a lion or two. Fair enough. I'm going to have my own little travelling circus. What year? To remind me what year this was? So, in uh, autumn of 1889, okay. he, in our very own Birmingham, yeah. lost a lion. In the sewer. In the sewer. Basically, he was preparing for a show. One of his lions jumped over its keeper. Bearing in mind this is a lion that had already killed one man. Wow. And uh, what I like about it is the, the story's kind of interspersed with um, his own accounts from his own uh, autobiography, which is quite interesting. In his book, The Training of Wild Animals, the lion came across one of the openings to the sewerage system <laughs> after ripping through a circus tent, prowled off towards Birmingham City Centre, probably down near the bull ring or something, Wow! Uh, and climbed into the sewer. Uh, down he sprang, looking up at the crowd of people and roaring at the top of his voice. As he made his way through the sewers, he stopped at every manhole he came to and there sent up a succession of roars, driving some people <laughs> nearly wild with terror. How did he get into the sewer? Well, I presume there was a big opening. I don't know. Maybe there was, you know, different times. The sewers were open. I mean, it's only 1889. It's not that long ago, is it? Well, it's so 130 odd years ago. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, though. I mean, this, I imagine the sewer system is probably pretty much the same. To some say but that the openings were bigger. To some say that he still prowls the sewer to this day. Well, I'll, I'll read on. Just I'll, skirting, I'll... Around, skirting around the fatbergs of Chinatown. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember there was a fatberg um, basically chopped up and extracted from a sewer outside my house in Soho, the centre of Soho, um, Old Cotton Street, the day that the fish shop in my building opened. Now, if that isn't a welcome to the neighbourhood, wow. like, enjoy your first day, your big opening, your big grand opening. Poppy's the brand was. Beautiful, uh, beautiful shop, lovely retro fittings and all that. And that was the day that... Uh, How big was it? It was massive, just a congealed mass of old paper towels and baby wipes and so that's what shit. People who, people who aren't aware, people who perhaps don't live in the UK, mm. uh, <clears throat> that Fatburg is basically like a massive ball of fat. I mean, the name comes from Iceberg, obviously, yeah. because people 
just put stuff they're not supposed to down the drains, like cooking oil, cooking oil, fat, baby mm. wipes that don't biodegrade. Mm. Uh, isn't it stuff like um, like nappies and stuff as well? Yeah, that sort of thing, just yeah. all this big kind of. Maybe the one I that they put on Spider-Man earlier on. I don't, <laughs> I don't think we get them in, in, in leafy West Norwood in South London, mate, but you obviously get They'll them They'll be York. there, Which, Un- yeah. under your I house. Saw, I actually saw two rats today for the first time. Oh, there we go, that's nice, yeah. isn't it? Lovely. Just, just got out of bed. and No, no, and, <laughs> uh, it was down by the train station. I couldn't believe it, they're quite big as well. Yeah, meaty. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, a friend of mine, um, I can remember, well, two two rat stories, we've got time, okay. just quickly. Um, have you finished your lion story? No. No, um, carry, no, no, carry no, 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 carry on. Well, okay. Okay. Okay, basically... Uh, it's still a sewer dweller, isn't it? One one story uh, was I was walking from the train station to the office where I used to work, probably about 10 years ago now. I bumped into a guy who worked in my office on the train, so we got chatting, then we got off the train, walked up the road. He wasn't paying attention. He trod in something, and he was like, oh, God, we're just tridding a dog shit. And it was a dead rat. <sighs> yeah? Dead rat, Pete, in the gutter. Partial de- what? Partially decomposed. What, second what story, will an injured hell do without him? I know, Splinter. Second, uh, second they, story... They got it. Yeah, <laughs> no. I, I like the I like the signpost. I like the signpost. I like the signpost. He's a mutant. Um, man. The second, I'm out. <laughs> and the second, the second one is I went for a run once near where my parents live, and there was a massive downpour, like a ridiculous downpour, and um, the little uh, pond near where my parents live had overflown. Right. And, and spilled out onto the pavement and, on, and then onto the road. And I couldn't run through it because it was too it was too much water. Mm. And as I, as I approached it, I saw it, and I, I'm not joking, probably about eight drowned rats uh, were washed up. Are they not very good at dealing with soggy, <laughs> sogginess? Well, well, can, can rats not swim? They can't breathe on the water, mate. No, but they, can they not swim? I think I think they probably would have been in their holes. Uh, and the water level, I mean, look, and you I, collected them up. I'm no David Attenborough. St- I'm no tied David. their little tails to a stick. They might have even been water bowls. Thinking up. about it now, <laughs> could have been. Anything. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, go on, carry on. Could be little carrier bags. I and don't the, know. The lion's going to get his fair share of rats down that sewer, even well, in 1889. The lion was down there, basically. So um, large crowds had gathered. Uh, and a line was on the loose, so everyone was starting to panic. People were just going wild, so Bostock, he came up with a bit of a plan. Instead of trying to calm um, the, the, the volatile crowd, he basically went back into his menagerie, put a second lion in a cloth-covered cage. Which makes it worse. Uh, well, he basically just brought that one out and went, look, blood, blood his horn, and went, look, I've, got, I've caught the lion. Oh, brilliant. But it was a different lion. Yeah, brilliant, though, that. The lion was... <laughs> sort of thing I'd expect from a circus entertainer. Everything went off well, he said. Yeah. <laughs> that was his quote. Uh, a shout went up from the crowd, they've got him, they've got him, they've got the lion. Uh, and apparently his actions in, in, in getting the lion from the sewer made him even more famous. He was not only a lion tamer and a menagerie owner, he was the man who lost... And then regained a line from how, a sewer. How did he find the original one again? Well, that's a problem he didn't for a little while. On the afternoon of the following day, the chief, chief police of Birmingham visited the menagerie and congratulated Bostock on his uh, marvellous daring of getting this line out I of the sewer. I bet the, the, uh, the lion tamer was like, you don't have to worry about it because that line that escaped is actually very old. <laughs> it will die eventually. Yeah, yeah. And it's in the sewer. Um, and Bostock basically panicked and came clean. My, well, my, my thing with this is... I'm thinking about this now, putting myself in this position. If it's happened in 2017 mm. in London, safest place for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going down the sewer. Fine. <laughs> well, if it could get in the sewer, surely it would go get out of the sewer. And also, yeah. like, I mean, you know, I mean, what you could just say is, that's not my line. I, I showed you the one yeah. that I took out. Oh, so as an imposter, <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's getting in on the action. Just, just trying to find, a, frantically trying to find a man in the safari suit to blame. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way. I just like the way this man in his uh, in his book, The Training of Wild Animals, which is basically a story about a man losing losing a wild animal. <laughs> um, I shall never forget that man's face when he realised that the lion was still in the sewer. It was a wonderful study for any mind reader. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, at first, he was inclined to blame me, but when I showed him. I I'd probably stopped to panic, and that my own liabilities in the matter were pretty grave possibilities to face. He sympathised with me and added that any help he could give me, I might have. Sounds like he's rewriting history there yeah. a little bit. I oh. imagine the the chief of Birmingham Police was pretty upset about the whole situation. We do want to be our own critic. <laughs> Jimmy, we do want to be the author of every single iTunes review we get. I at once asked for 500 men of the police force, and also that he would instruct the superintendent of the sewers to send me uh, the bravest men he could spare with their top boots, ladders, ropes, and revolvers with them, so that so that. Any, uh, should any line appear, uh, any man could do his best to shoot him at sight. If I'm chief of police and someone sort of lost a lion, right, fine. How many people do you need? 500. How big's the lion? <laughs> I 
No, you don't and how many, many are there? Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> 500? You've already lied about it once. Yeah. Uh, at the appointed time, uh, five minutes to midnight, so that they might avoid any crowd, uh, the police and so men turned out, and I have never seen so many murderous weapons at one time in my life. Each man looked like a walking arsenal, but every one of them had been sworn to secrecy. You've got a fetish for killing, like, killing big animals. This is, this is your version of hunting game? the big five. <laughs> <laughs> you hung an elephant two weeks ago oh, and man. electrocuted it. Yeah, I chopped off his tail and what? paused with it, like uh, Donald Trump Jr. Why are you, um, why are you fetishising the killing of big animals? I just think, well, this is a particularly interesting killing of an animal. Yeah. It's the true terming. It's well, a great fish out of water story, yes. <laughs> uh, it was more than 24 hours after the Stooge line was paraded that Bostock, now in the sewer, saw two gleaming eyes of greenish red just beyond and knew we were face to face with the line at last. So basically, they chased the line through the sewers, scaring it with shouts and uh, fireworks as well. <laughs> keep, keep it quiet. Uh, it's like, it literally the Keystone Cops. Um, <laughs> when uh, when the lion uh, came face to face with Bostock, Bostock took off his boots and put them on his hands for some reason, <laughs> and was fortunately able to hit the lion with a stinging blow on the nose. Fearing that he would split my head open with a blow from his one of his huge paws, I told one of my men to place over my head a large iron kettle which we had used to carry cartridges and other things to the sewer. What, for a helmet? Yeah. But Where's the, the chair coming into it? But the kettle fell off his head and startled the lion, which, <laughs> which, and I quote, turned tail like the veritable coward. <laughs> Bit fucking rich with a dicker with a kettle on his head. Yeah. So basically, it ran away and it uh, it got caught in a rope lasso uh, laid out to uh, ensnare him. Killed? No, it just caught, just captured. Okay. Uh, went, and back to the, went back to the uh, the homestead. Ah, oh, who didn't lock the other line in? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Bostock himself died in uh, in 1912. 46 years old. 46 years young, not by uh, a big cat, but uh, the flu. And he is buried in Stoke Newington um, Abbey Park Cemetery in the with a, with a big casket and uh, a uh, lion on top. So you can go and check that out if him. you fancy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got the best better eventually, didn't it? Yeah. Even though you died of the flu. I think I think that is a life well lived. Mm. I love I love there's a certain element of uh, sort of Victorian sort of entrepreneurialism when mm. we were on the uh, as a as a country we were on the cusp of all these sort of scientific discoveries and stuff. People just had these mad ideas. Yeah. I love all that. Well, it's, it, it, they're basically um, like Cupertino um, app developers, aren't they? Really? Yeah, basically they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sat in their dress the same as well. Yeah. Beards. <laughs> Top hats. Yeah. Penny I do really want to. I don't. What I mean, the problem is, I'm worried about. I'm getting guilty by association here of doing a show with a man who fetishizes the cruelty to animals. I've never harmed a single animal ever. We should next week let's talk about pets we've had. Yeah, I've had limited pets. I'm allergic to a lot of things. I know you are, but I think you're going to be quality rather than quantity. I'm making a note of that now. We're doing pets next week. All right, don't listeners. If you're listening, by definition, you (laughs) are. Two fucking gerbils. You've got. You've got to let us. You've got to make (laughs) us uh, do that. Just remind us. I don't believe in enslaving animals. No, I agree. (laughs) Let's go. We're way over time. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Uh, It's been lovely. Thank you for uh, getting involved. It's been. It's been. We're out of here. Get out of here. See you later. Careful of the sewers on the way home. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.